Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created hev the heavens and the earth. The God that we worship created all things in existence. The entire universe is his creation, made by him and for him. And at the time, God is sustaining all of his creation. At this very moment, God is sustaining us. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, You, Lord, are the only God. You created the heavens, the highest heavens, with all of their stars, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and all the stars of heaven worship you. God is the creator of everything. From the largest galaxy to the atoms which make up all things, most of the world today just believes that we're some cosmic accident, just some random occurrence with no purpose or real value. But I'm here to tell you all that the all of that is wrong. You all have value. You all have a purpose because the God who created all things has made you be. And God does not make anything outside of his perfect plan or without an intended purpose. Who is God? In Exodus chapter chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 it says then moses asked god if i go to the israelites and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name what should i tell them god replied to moses this is what you are to say to the israelites i am has sent me to you our god is he is self-existent. This means that he is the only thing that does not depend on anything else to be. Without him, there is no us. And when we fail to acknowledge him in our lives, we fail to live out our God-given purpose. So who is? God is. And he made us for a reason, starting with Adam and Eve, but they sinned. They chose to follow something else over God. Mankind, who was made in the image of God, being made to glorify God, rebelled. And because of this rebellion, sin and corruption entered God's perfect creation. You might think all they did was eat a fruit off of a tree. Why is that so bad? But at the root of it, at the heart of their sin was this. They chose to serve themselves over obeying and serving the God who made them. They chose selfish desires over godly desires. A pastor named Leonard Ravenhill puts it this way. The greatest sin in the world 
is not adultery. The greatest sin in the world is thinking that we can manage our lives without God. And in this, again, is the root of our problem as human beings. We seek anything to please ourselves and cast God aside completely. All of mankind has fallen into the practice of sin and to the point where we have become slaves to sin. So you might ask, okay, so if I cannot help but sin, how can I seek God? And the answer is to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, because of what he has done. There is absolutely nothing in ourselves that can justify us, or put more simply, make us right before God. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. He paid the penalty for our sins up on that cross. This has legal implications as well. God can execute perfect justice and mercy through Jesus paying the fine for our sins. So God can legally, in a sense, pardon us and tell us, you've done all this. You should be going to jail, to prison, to hell. But somebody paid your fine. I can let you go if you choose to accept this. And Jesus paid our fine. He purchased his church and his body of believers with his own blood. We were bought with a price. And all we need to do is put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, repent of our sins, and trust in him alone for salvation. So our, now we are made right with God through the person of Jesus Christ. Not ourselves, but him. God promises us when we put our faith in him, he's going to transform us into a new creation. God walks alongside of us throughout the entirety of salvation. And part of that is being transformed to be more and more like Jesus Christ. This is called sanctification, and it doesn't end in this life. In Romans chapter 8, verses 8 through 17. Paul states, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. 
Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is speaking of eternal life. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we also may be glorified with him. So now by the power of God, we are made children of God through adoption. How amazing is that? We are children of God. God has adopted us and brought us into his family. And now that we have received God's love through his son, Jesus Christ, we are called to share and pour out that same love that we have been shown to the people around us. How amazing is that? To be a Christian means that we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to reconcile us to God. We can rest in Him and what He has done because He lived righteously and be well assured that our punishment has been taken and placed on Him. The Christian life is not about doing because He has already done all things necessary to bring us into right standing with God. We simply place ourselves under the grace of God as he makes us more kind and more compassionate and more gracious and more merciful and more loving and more like Christ. And one day, when this life passes, Because of what Jesus has done, because we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because God paid the price for us, we can be glorified one day, reunited with our God, and be glorified with Christ. How amazing is that? I'd like to close out in prayer. God, please, as whoever hears this message, I pray and pray, God, that your spirit, your words would be spoken through this, God, that if there's anything wrong that I'm saying, God, that it would fall on deaf ears. But all that is right, God, all that is in your word and truthful, God, I pray that all people who hear this would come to know it. I pray, God, that you would open the minds of the unbelievers and that you would just show them who you are and how amazing your grace is and what you've done for us, God. I pray that in all things, whether we're in the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, God, that we would still 
have you as our rock. Have our faith and trust put in you because you're the only thing that will never fade away, God. You alone in will not capsize when the waves get too strong. We can trust and hold on to you, God. And you hold us up. You hold us by our hands, God. And make us rise into newness of life. Thank you so much, God, for all that you do for us. In your holy son, Jesus' name, amen.